EO Fire 1330. Be loyal to the nightmare of your choice. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. If you're ready to create, grow, and monetize your podcast, text podcast course, all one word, to 33444 and ignite. As a veteran, I know it's hard to look for a career after the military, but it's time to put everything you've learned from the military to good use in a career where you get to help others. That's what owning an Allstate agency is all about. Visit allstateagent.com slash fire to find out more info. Entrepreneurs, near and far, John Lee Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Sonny Bonnell. Sonny, are you prepared to ignite? Born to ignite. Yes! Sonny is a speaker and co-founder of Motto, a branding agency that helps leaders build magnetic brands. Described as a gifted storyteller, she has the ability to see a brand come alive from the very beginning. It's her thought leadership that's been featured in Inc., Forbes, Entrepreneur, Success, CNBC, and more. And Sonny was named GD USA's Top 25 Creatives to Watch in 2014. Sonny, take a minute. Fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. I will do it. Um, So I was born in the mountains of West Virginia. Uh, We eventually moved to South Carolina when I was nine. So hopefully I'll avoid some of the hillbilly jokes that might come my way. (laughs) I wasn't thinking hillbilly. I was just thinking almost heaven, (laughs) West Virginia. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful country. It's God's country, they say. Um, so I come from a, a long lineage of female singers and storytellers. I started playing guitar and banjo and dulcimer when I was eight. Um, if it had strings, I could play it. And I was raised on deep, like bluegrass and gospel and really spent so many summer nights just surrounded by music and became a pretty prominent picker by the time I was 11. And so everyone believed that you know it was like this gift of God, you know that I would I would likely end up on the the Grand Old Opry or or at least become a musician for the rest of my life. And um, both of my parents were entrepreneurs, so it made it virtually impossible for me to work for anyone else. And, uh, you know, I started showing really the, the, the DNA traits of entrepreneurship very young. Um, started with trading up guitars. I would trade my guitars for better guitars. And then in middle school, it's, it's kind of a funny story. So I started breakdancing um, in the third grade, which, by the way, I wore parachute pants and could have never imagined that I'd see them make a comeback with uh, on Justin Bieber. <laughs> but um, anyway, I grew up really poor. And one of my earliest memories is that I couldn't afford, you know, shoes um, to, to dance in. And so I used to trade my lunches with kids who had really rad Nike high tops. And so my mom would make these elaborate school lunches and I would trade them, I would trade them for, for shoes. And I would say, you know, if, if I give you my, <laughs> if I give you my sandwich, can I, can I wear your high tops? Um, and I would literally wear them until the end of the, the school day when me and my best friend Levi would, would break dance and then I'd, I'd trade them back. Um, and that was really just like one of, one of the stories of many that I think sort of led me on the, the entrepreneurial spirit that, that had been awakened. Um, you know, I got fired from every job I ever worked at. Um, in college, I was a street musician, a theater actor, a pre-vet major. Like I seriously had a, a, a history for, for just, um, 
you know, constantly trying to find my way uh, and eventually dropped out to, of college to co-found Mata with my, my, um, my partner, Ashley, in 2005. Um, we literally started with $250 um, in our early 20s. Uh, everyone told us that we would fail. No one had ever heard of us. Um, we'd never worked for another agency. And it was sort of like the more that people told us that we would fail, the harder we worked and the more it fueled. And so really in the last 10 years, we've grown that tiny little agency that no one had ever heard of um, from South Carolina to now working with leaders and companies all around the world and in the process of writing our first book. So I've certainly come a long way from, from being a bluegrass player. Well, I got to tell you, we're going to get into some stories of your past, honey, specifically the <laughs> entrepreneurial ones, and I'm excited sure. for that. But before we do, I want to bring things to present times because the listeners of EO Fire are entrepreneurs, small business owners. We're looking to grow viable businesses, and to do that, you have to generate revenue. So how do you generate revenue in your business? Sure. So, I mean, primarily what we do is we're a branding agency. We work with leaders and, and companies to build um, inspiring and magnetic brands. So a lot of times companies will come to us who are looking to reinvent or refresh or even launch a challenger brand. And we'll work with that organization to essentially build the brand from scratch or work on uh, reinvention and try to give them sort of a new um, present and, and current language for them to, to move into the world with. So one thing that I really want to kind of get into, Sonny, you know, while we're talking about your entrepreneurial journey, the ups and the downs is the story aspect behind that. And it really does seem to me like you get the story and the importance of story. So I'm not going to kind of belabor this point, but you know, when I say take us to your worst entrepreneurial moment, like really break it down for us. I want to kind of be there with you in that moment of time when you had what you consider the lowest of the low moment in your entrepreneurial journey. What was that moment in time? There's one moment that really is very distinct for me. And it was really a very pivotal turning point in our career. Um, we were in our second year in business and we had went to Atlanta, to Atlanta, Georgia, to pitch our uh, company at a high profile women's leadership event. And if you won, you received sort of this entrepreneurial dream package, you know, a, a Cisco IT solution, oh, wow. a significant line of um, credit from American Express. You, you had PR write-ups, a Dell suite of products, like interviews on CNBC. There was so much on the line. And the judges were all women who had accomplished a great deal. Um, you know, I rem remember reading about them and studying them and, and just being blown away by their own accomplishments at that point. And they were really just so intimidating to us at the time. You know, I mean, we were young. We were still in our early 20s. I think Ashley was maybe 23 at the time. And, you know, they were just, it was like, you know, when, you, when you're up against like the Mayweathers or the Tysons of female entrepreneurship and, and you know you're either going to get knocked out or you're right. going to win the belt, right? Um, and the short story is that we got up to pitch our business um, at the practice round in front of hundreds of other entrepreneurs and literally just blanked. Oh. Um, it was, as, it, it was literally as if we forgot who we were, what we did, why we mattered in front of hundreds of people. And, you know, the judges just shredded us. I mean, I, you know, one, in the, one of the judges in particular was notorious for being very outspoken, very inspiring, but would just just let you have it. You know, I mean, there, there was no excuses in this, in this competition. And 
literally just telling this story, like my heart beats faster because I, <laughs> I remember that feeling so well. And we had never, we had never been criticized to that extent or, or really worse, probably made to feel that small. And I remember walking off stage and just convincing myself that we had just hit the, hit the rope, so to speak, you know, wow. and the only option was like, slide out of the ring with some dignity left in your heart. And, you know, after sulking in the bar, we, we went directly to the bar and right. literally had the conversation that we were going to go home. You know, we said, um, Ashley verbatim was like, I, I don't want to get back up there. I'm, I'm really, you know, she was really having a hard time with it. And, you know, we sat at the bar, we got our sorrows out and then something kind of shifted within us. And, we literally stayed up all night and rewrote our pitch on, on some bar napkins. I mean, we did not sleep. And the irony of the story is that the next morning at the competition um, in front of a live audience, we, we just slayed it. I mean, we just slayed the room. And I remember just 150%, like, you know, we left it all on the stage and we ended up winning and getting a standing ovation. And really looking back, it was one of the worst entrepreneurial moments, but I think in hindsight, it was also one of our greatest because it was so defining. It was like most companies or most people, I think in that scenario would, might leave, you know, they might just, you know, their ego is wounded They're, They, they feel embarrassed and they feel like, you know, they can't come back from that. And, you know, I just believe in sort of being the comeback kid. Fire Nation from getting shredded one day to slaying it the next day. I mean, this is why it's so critical to realize it's no coincidence why in almost now 1,300 interviews, so many of my guests have talked about how they've had these huge breakthrough moments on the heels of their worst moments because that's where you can get down to the silver lining and say, hey, it's not going to get any worse than this. There's only one way to go and that's up. And they stayed up all night. They drank and they redid their pitch on bar napkins and they slayed a standing ovation. It's no coincidence, Fire Nation. So stop being afraid of those worst moments. Like that, Sonny, is kind of what I'm taking out of your worst moment. And just in one sentence, what do you want to make sure Fire Nation gets from your story? I just learned that there's always somebody ready to take your spot you're told in life the things that you cannot do. And I think if you're the willful kind, those kind of words haunt you, you can change that. You know, you can, you can come back from that and you can, you can set out to prove them wrong and really throw the knockout punch every time. Sonny, let's shift. We're going to stay in the same realm of storytelling, but we're going to move to an aha moment, to an epiphany that you've had. And you've had a lot of these moments and you have a lot waiting mm -hmm. for you in the future, but what's one of your greatest aha moments that you've had up to date and take us to that moment when that idea happened and then walk us through how you turned it into success. Probably the greatest example is, is motto. I mean, how motto was born. I mean, motto was originally born from a personal struggle to find purpose in life and in business. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I was sort of a, a raging non-directionalist. I had been everything from a street musician to a theater major, to a to enrolling in, in pre-vet school before dropping out to, to start Motto. So take us to that moment. Where did, where did Motto start? Like, what was the day, the idea? Like, bring us there. So I was, yeah, I was, Ashley was enrolled to be an English major. I was enrolled to, I was going to be a veterinarian. That's what I had convinced myself that I wanted to be. And I started freelancing on the side to support me going to, to school. 
And I started doing this as a, literally just, I was making band, I started off being band posters and then it started off being like clients were hiring me. And, and so I, I, it was literally from that moment where I was doing that work and I was in school and I realized that I wasn't happy and I couldn't figure out where, what was, what the future looked like for me. And so um, I dropped out of school and I, I called Ashley and I said, um, I'm, I'm going to start this company. I'm going all in. Do you want to, do you want to do it with me? Mm. And, and that was literally the, the moment, the awakening. And, and what I realized, um, you know, why we started motto and, and for my freelancing career, what I realized is that most people were, were consumed with being sales driven. And at the time I was like, you know, it feels so soulless. Like why are companies so focused on, um, you know, being sales driven and, and making more money and making more widgets. And, and, and the reality was, is that they, they were forgetting that they had a heartbeat and I wanted to, I wanted to uncover that. And so we started motto really to move companies beyond what they do and sell to, to more for what they stand and what they stand for and believe. And before purpose-driven organizations became such a, a huge um, force, you know, we were having that conversation back in 2005 when, when the mindset was not around purpose-driven companies, it really started to take shape probably in 2007, where you started to see more and more companies stepping forward and saying, hey, there's more to what we do than what we sell. Um, and so it's, it's really why we named our company Motto in the first place, because a motto is a, a short phrase that encapsulates your beliefs. It's why you do what you do. And knowing what we wanted to create, that realization really alone sort of propelled us on this quest for meaning because, you know, it wasn't enough that we wanted to help other companies. We needed to know why we were doing it. And so we became obsessed with sort of discovering what made Motto different. And we were like these archaeologists of our own hearts. You know, we searched (laughs) and searched until we uncovered our gift. And we realized that that our gift was to help take clients on a journey of self-discovery and that branding was not just visual, but it really started with the heartbeat of the organization and we realized that we had the gift of language. And that is what I think was the aha moment because most of the companies and still to this day, the reason that companies call us is because they struggle with identifying and articulating who they are and why they matter in the world. They may have an amazing product. They may have an amazing service, but oftentimes the language that they're using to describe themselves is there's no spirit, there's no soul and they're, they're, they sound like everybody else. And so, you know, what defines us is the stories that we tell and the way that we position ourselves in the world, right? Because, you know, I'm a firm believer that you're only as great as the sermon that you deliver. And so when you deliver that sermon again and again, and you're able to ignite hearts, I think you give your life and you give your work and your brand a deeper meaning. And so that really was truly our aha moment that, that we were able to be a force um, for companies that were struggling with that. And we were able to teach them how to uh, build a rare and remarkable brand. And not just because, um, you know, we were, we had learned how to do this over 10 years, but because we had experienced it ourselves. Like we knew firsthand what it was like to grow a company from nothing, to eat ketchup sandwiches, to not be able to make payroll many, many times and not, not just a couple of times, like many times. And so when you're able to sit across the table from someone and say, I've been, I understand you, I understand that journey, then you're able to relate 
And I think that's why we're able to build brands the way that we do, because we're able to give them the sermon that they need, you know, and, and help them wrap it in language that I think really defines them in, in a unique and, and powerful way. Sonny, break down in just one sentence, your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur. I'm unbelievably hard on myself and I put a lot of weight on my shoulders. What's your biggest strength? Um, I make the impossible possible. Um, anyone that really knows me knows that I will stop at nothing until I get what I want. And I just hustle harder than anyone that I know. And it's just, I'm wired like that. I don't know any other way. So your team, your business has a lot of cool things going on right now, but what would you say is the one thing that has you most fired up today? Um, so we're writing a, a leadership and branding book. And it will study the secret patterns of inspiring leaders and will teach people how to defy the ordinary to create something extraordinary. And so that's, uh, that's something we're really passionate about right now and just completely committed to, um, to writing a very powerful book that's, that's not like everything that you've seen on shelf. You know, it's not really a branding book and it's not really a leadership book, but it's sort of, it kind of connects the two worlds together in a, in a way that I don't think anyone else has yet. Does it have a working title, an estimated shipping date? Um, it does have a title, uh, but I can't share it right <gasps> now. I wish I could. I know it's like a, a knife to the to the heart. Um, it's soon. Uh, we're working on it now. So we're probably about, um, I'd say, you know, six months to eight months out. Um, the, the subtitle is How Great Leaders Defy the Ordinary to Build Extraordinary Brands. Whoa. There it is, Fire Nation. And I don't want you to go anywhere, Sonny, or you, Fire Nation, because we're about to hit the lightning rounds. But we're going to take a quick <laughs> minute to thank our sponsors. As a military veteran, I know it can be tough searching for your next career. That's why I'm excited to tell you about an opportunity you probably haven't thought of owning an Allstate agency. Here's a story of how one veteran made a big career change by becoming an Allstate agency owner. Omar Zaki served in the military and then worked his way up the corporate ladder. And maybe like you, he wanted something more. Instead of settling for the status quo, Omar took action and opened his own Allstate agency nine years ago. Now he owns two locations with six employees. Both of his previous careers prepared him with the work ethic and self-confidence to re Reach his goals. Are you looking for a career that's about more than just punching numbers? If you're listening to my podcast, then I know you want more than just a paycheck. And if you want a career that helps people, visit allstateagent.com slash fire after the show to learn how you can own your Allstate agency. Looking for the best candidate for the job, but not sure where to find them? It can be tough searching for your perfect hire, and typically, it means you're posting to multiple job sites. But with ZipRecruiter.com, it's different. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. The best part is there's no emails or calls to juggle. Simply screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 800,000 businesses. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by visiting ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. One more time, try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Sonny, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? 
I hope so. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Nothing. It was what I was born to do. I mean, I don't think the universe kind of, it didn't conspire against me. It conspired for me to be, a, to be an entrepreneur. What's the best advice you've ever received? It came from my parents. You know, they were very influential in my life. And they used to always say, um, remember who you are. Remember the fire in your belly. So that when things get difficult, you know, you remember that burning inside of you so that you can go on to, to do something remarkable and really go forth with great courage. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? I am obsessed and obsessive. Um, and I'm probably hungrier than everybody else. And just, I really hustle. I really hustle hard. And, and I think that that is one, certainly a personal habit of mine that I think has contributed to my success. Can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation? I love Calendly. If you, I don't, have you ever used that before? It's a really, really cool tool. Um, it's, it's great for scheduling calls and, and just really minimizing the back and forth. And I just, I love it. Yeah, really I use cool. Schedule Once, which is very similar. I'm like obsessed yep. with calendar tools. So Calendly is mm-hmm. amazing. Schedule Once yeah. is killer. So I love I'll that. I'll check that out. Yeah. I mean, it's just one or the other, you know, whichever, like I started with Schedule Once, sure. so I love it. But I, I always tell Fire Nation, you got to get your calendar in order. And this is such a great way to do it. It saves so much time. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would that book be and why? I love anything that Anthony Bourdain writes, um, specifically Kitchen Confidential. Um, not only is he just an amazing and gifted writer, one of probably one of my idols, but you know the books. The book is really a glimpse into what what goes into having you know grit and truth, and really strips away the glamour behind the culinary life. And I think a lot of times we we glamorize the life of entrepreneurship and the life of the businesses that we build. And the reality is, is that it, it requires so much um, heart and tenacity mm. and guts and glory and, and just really dedication to uh, and commitment in, in ways that I don't think that the mere mortal typically understands. So Sonny, I want to end today how we started this interview, which is on fire with you sharing a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Be loyal to the nightmare of your choice. I heard this, um, Anthony Bourdain actually said this, but it's from uh, Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Um, it's, it's really about committing to the journey, you know, for better or for worse, um, you know, for better or for worse, just committing yourself to, to your business, to your life, to your work, um, and, you know, no matter what. And I think it's, it's such a powerful um, piece of, of advice. Um, as for finding us, uh, you can check us out at wearemotto.com. You can actually sign up um, on there. There's a, an e-newsletter sign up. You can um, put your name in there and sign up for updates. We'll be releasing updates as we get closer to launching the book and really start to move people towards the title and, and to, to that landing page. But I'd love to, to have people reach out to us and um, start the conversation. Keep up with us for sure. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with SB and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to (laughs) eofire.com. Just type Sunny, that's S-U-N-N-Y, in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop up with everything that we've talked about today. Of course, you can head directly over to wearemotto.com. And thank you, Sonny, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. 
My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Give the gift of freedom to your friend or loved one with The Freedom Journal, and they will accomplish their number one goal in 100 days. Visit thefreedomjournal.com and ignite.